Hey, what's up, ecosystem? Welcome back to ATI Auto Business, the car shipping business channel. My name is Jay. You know, my goal every Tuesday night is to bring you another trade show level business presentation to you wherever you are because your automotive business deserves the latest in transportation news. And if you're busy, and I know you are, in a minute, I'm going to give the welcome show lineup. You're going to know what to expect. You're going to see what's about to happen. You're going to be able to click ahead using clickable video time codes in the links below the channel. Thanks for watching ATI. Tell your friends. Be sure to share, comment, subscribe. You know, um, ATI Auto Business is an automotive business channel. And we feature experts, speakers, presenters, panel discussions, and frequently we have the pleasure of having very high-level automotive economic discussions because we know that data governs decision-making. So tonight on ATI, we're featuring Jonathan Smoke of Cox Automotive, Alex Yurchenko of Black Book, John Coles of ACV Auctions, the Data Science Delta team, the experts with Auto Market Economics Q3 2022, what you and your business need to know to get through the rest of the year. So please join the live chat, ask your questions, share your thoughts, grow your business, break out of your vertical, because it's Tuesday Night's Live on ATI auto business. My name is Jay. I'm your host. Welcome back to the show. What is going on, everybody? Thank you so much for taking the time to join us again on another Tuesday nights live. My name is Jay. I'm your host. Do me a favor. Let me know if you can see me okay, hear me okay. Please put it in the live chat uh, because I, I'm remote. I'm on the move. I'll be back in the studio next Tuesday night, but I, I could use your help. If you can hear me okay, if you can see me okay, please do let me know. We're going to go into the live chat in a minute. Let's do this. Let me give you the welcome show lineup, please. First of all, do feel welcome. This is ATI. This is auto business. All the verticals are welcome here. We're not leaving anybody out. All the way from the CEO, all the way to the porter, the dispatcher, the broker, dealers, auctions, tech, insurance, repo, everybody's welcome here on ATI. So thank you so much for saying hello. Awesome. Thank you. It sounds like we're we're okay on the sound, so thank you so much. Please do say hello. Jump into the live chat. I love the live chat. Uh, tell me about your company. What you know? Is there new social media? Do you have news? Is there new technology? Tell us what we should know about you and your business. Please do say hello. We're going to go into industry news at the quarter hour. That's in about ten minutes. Great. Awesome. I love it. Thank you guys so much for saying hello in the live chat. So we're going to do that uh, in a minute. And then we'll go into industry news. Got a bunch of industry news stuff. And yes. Oh, I see it. Yes. Because guys, I prove it. On Tuesday nights, everybody's welcome. And 
there's a reason why we're here. We're going to get into that in industry news too. We're going to then go into the data science Delta team. <laughs> Jonathan, Alex, John, I hope it's okay with you. I just came up with this name. It just occurred to me. And I was like, you know, the data science Delta team only on ATI. So um, Jonathan Smoke, Cox Automotive, we're so lucky to have Jonathan with us again tonight. Alex Yurchenko of Black Book, again, lucky to have him back with us tonight. John Cole's ACV Auctions, so proud that we've got such an amazing lineup on ATI Auto Business tonight. So thank you guys so much. I see folks jumping in the live chat. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to get onto the live chat in a second. Do me a favor. Uh, while you've got a second, please do leave a like. Thank you so much. You know, you can grab the YouTube link below the video. You can copy and paste and send it to somebody, email it, text it, say, buddy, it's not too late to get in on the data that you need to get you through the rest of the year. You can click plus save and watch this later. This is going to be one of those shows you're either not going to want to miss, you're going to save it on demand, or you're just going to hear about it later and really wish you'd been here. So, And I want you to ask questions in the live chat during the conversation. I'll moderate the chat, but I'm going to I'm gonna let the three gentlemen drive. They have so much to share. So uh, really looking forward to it. Thank you so much. I'll tell you what, we'll be right back after this. So stick around. Location services, collateral recovery with pinpoint precision, and advanced proprietary technologies. Your single source for loss mitigation solutions. LS Recovery, certified and compliant. LS Skip, experienced recovery. LSPR, advanced plate recognition. LS Impounds Precision Capture, LS Remarketing Nationwide Auction Partners, LS Keys Professional Locksmith, LS Transport to any destination, LS Titles Verified Documentation, LS Auto Notice Secure Fulfillment, One Contact, One Contract, We Do It All. That's Recovery, Skip, LPR, Remarketing, Keys, Transport, and Titles. Location Services provides nationwide collateral recovery with pinpoint precision. One contact, one contract, Location Services. Links in the live chat. you got phone number, email, website. Lots of social media coming out of Location Services, too. So stay tuned to the great things happening over there if you have any questions. Let me know. I'll hook you up. Uh, let's do this. Let's jump into the live chat. Really excited to see everybody piling in and saying hello and let me know the sound is good. I really, really appreciate that. It means a lot. Uh, Ty and I just had a meeting earlier today just talking about all the great things happening. Um, and so we're really excited to have you here. Let's see. I'm going to back this up. Oh, JC got in here first. JC said, I just got my CDL license with no semi experience. I want to buy a Ram 5500, 78 grand, and an Infinity 5 car, 52 grand. That will put me over 26,000 pounds. Is this, is this a good idea? I live in Cali. JC, great question. And I want you to pause for a moment. Everybody pause because we have, yes, we have the carrier base, we have the carriers here. 
watching live and on demand. And so if you're looking for carriers, you can see that ATI is the place to be. And so, but the reverse is true too. Uh, JC, you're going to see other verticals in here and see what the other verticals are focused on too. This is where industry news helps us all. But JC, I want you to talk to Ty. Uh, I'm going to put his phone number right here. Ty Thompson is 417-483-2764. It goes for anybody. If you have a carrier question, an equipment question, a business question, you want some consulting, you want to talk to Ty, 417-483-2764. So JC, that's what I want you to do. And I want you to keep me posted, okay? Let me know that you talk to Ty. And also, we also have live carrier advice on Wednesdays where we can dive into that too. Our next live carrier advice, not this Wednesday because I'm traveling, but on the 31st, Wednesday, August 31st, is our next live carrier advice. And we can dive into some of that too. Will Morris is here, the car auction coach. Thanks for joining us, Will. Really appreciate it. Good evening from Connecticut. And Will, I appreciate, thank you for sharing um, the link and mentioning you were tapping somebody on the shoulder. Love that. Thank you to check out ATI because uh, this is, we're an automotive business channel and we're growing and we're really excited. So thank you, Will. Carlos Braxton is here. ACB Logistics in the house. Thank you, Carlos. Mark Grodeke, Superflow Systems in the house. What's up, Mark? Kimberly is here. Welcome to Tuesday Night's Live. Thank you, Kimberly. Gerard is here saying hello. What's up, Gerard? Um, Paul Machine is here. Cool, from Black Book. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for saying hello. Hola, mi hermanos y hermanas. John Coles is here. Looking good. Thank you, John. John is going to be on the show tonight. Um, and Jason Rice of Lotpop is in the live chat. Wow, that is awesome. Thank you, Jason. And, you know, and I thought of you, Jason, when I was sending out the, uh, um, you know, I send out the kind of do a, a repeat on the LinkedIn, like check out tonight's show. Jason Rice, um, man, this stuff's right up your alley. So if you have anything to add, please do add it. We could do a follow-up show. There's a lot to talk about. Ants, yes, ants. I did say Cox, Cox Automotive, Central Dispatch. Because again, we encourage all the verticals to converge on ATI. What better place to get honest feedback from your carrier base? You're putting out technology, got the number one load board in the US. This is the place to get honest feedback about what awareness isn't happening and we got that in the industry news actually so i'm excited about that uh let's see what else we got here oh great we're going to get to industry news here in a few minutes and um oh danny b is here what's up danny b um great to see you in here thank you for saying hello i hope that we can keep your not just Danny, but everybody. I hope what I here's what I hope. I know it's a long show, so I hope even if you start to lose interest, just keep it on in the background. Because I, I have this feeling that we're gonna get to data that applies to exactly what what you're concerned about. That's what I want for you. I want you to get the data that you need. Yes, I am at the Louvre, actually. Um, this is a yes, I I meant to tell you. We're streaming live from the Louvre tonight, and um we're by we're in the um dang it. 
it's not going to make sense if I can't think of what artist were in front of their artwork. But we're we're in the hallways of a very highfalutin exhibit. So thank <laughs> thank you for thank you for pointing that out. Chris Chamberlain is with us. What's up, Chris Chamberlain? Mr. Uh, Mr. Carmax Chamberlain. Chris Carmax Chamberlain. Sergio SE Transports. Hey Sergio SE Transports, Southern Cali. Great. Thank you for mentioning company name, where at. I love that. Uh, you know, Sue should be here as well. But I'll tell you, here's the thing is that this is so what we do, in case, you know, just to clarify, we go live several times a week because each show kind of hits a different, a different level. Um, Tuesday nights is for experts, panels, advertisers, whereas Sue, my co-host on Dispatching Live on Thursdays, is, man, we get into the nitty gritty. If you haven't checked out a Dispatching Live on Thursday, check it out. Because I know, I know people like real information and you get it on Dispatching Live. So, um, we'll be back with Dispatching Live next week. I'm just finishing up some uh, JRU negotiating some high-value transport. <laughs> I like the question. I'm going to assume it's a joke. Um, all right, it's 5.15. So I'm, I'm going to leave the live chat open. Please do feel free to spray the champagne in the super chat at any time. And we'll, you know, we'll, but this is the best time. If you're going to super chat, now is the best time because once we get into the panel, I'm not going to be able to call the same amount of attention, but we'll try to work it in. Um, jot down any notes or questions that you have. Again, we have Jonathan Smoke, Cox Automotive, Alex Yurchenko of Black Book, John Coles of ACV Auctions. And in about 30 minutes, I'm going to jump in the back seat and let them drive because they have a lot to talk about. Pricing, supply, independent dealers, retail demand, repo, rental. Fuel, and we're also. What is the green line on the uh, on the thumbnail on this video? What is that all about? I'll tell you what. We're going to talk about it. So stick around. We'll be right back. Transport Auto Quoter is by far the leading auto quoting software on the market, and the only auto quoter with a pro version that comes preset with accurate pricing for anywhere in the U.S. So you don't have to worry about it. The best part is that no change with your current software is needed. Just plug TAQ in and start booking jobs. Carriers can easily plug TAQ into their current websites and start making money right away. I bet you're wondering how we do this instantly and accurately 24-7. Well, constant analytics is the key. Our price watch team is constantly monitoring current market conditions, paying close attention to seasonal and quick-moving industry changes. At the end of the day, it takes a lot of time and data to maintain good pricing, time that most of us just don't have on a daily basis. So free yourself up. Using TAQ Pro is really a no-brainer. Save time and money, maximizing your leads and optimizing your online investments. You'll finally be able to sleep well at night knowing that TAQ is on the job selling for you 24-7. Never missing a potential job. What if you could find an auto shipping quote and broker software you can trust? Provide instant accurate quotes online with Transport Auto Quoter and move with Pro ABD CRM. 
visit superflowsystems.com. Mark is in the live chat. Shaking Martinez for the ATI gang. Thank you, Mark. Mark runs Superflow Systems. If you've got a question, you got links right there. You got the go to transportautoquoter.com. Actually, do that right now as a follow-up to what you just saw. And you can see how you can you can go down the road of making it easier for you to give instant accurate quotes online in the middle of the night. Got a car shipping button yet? Why not? Talk to Mark. He's in the live chat. Thank you so much, Mark. We really do appreciate spraying the champagne over the cubicles in the live chat, in the super chat on ATI. Thank you very much. Let's go into industry news. Uh, let's do that. What is going on tonight? Tonight is ATI, Tuesday Night's Live, 256 in a row on a Tuesday night. Auto Market Economics Q3 2022. Um, just to tee that up. I mean, so we've got, we've got three experts with us at, at a level. I mean, really, this is... This is A-level, AAA-rated experts in data science. Uh, slowing economy, but no recession. This is the kind of stuff you want to know. This was shared by Jonathan Smoke recently at the IARA Summer Roundtable. Also, very contrasting supply situations in new and used. Thank you, Jonathan Smoke. Yes, this is a this is actually a, a, a frame from, from CBT News. Jonathan Smoke is probably the best known data scientist in automotive and he's here tonight so thank you jonathan we're so glad to have you with us also from the iara summer roundtable just a couple weeks ago sharing wholesale prices declining but will remain above pre-covid levels into the future from black book we've got no return to normal seasonality in 2022 alex yurchenko is with us tonight Really excited to have Alex with us. And talking about used vehicle supply and wholesale used vehicle prices, we have with us tonight John Coles from ACV Auctions. John, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is Auto Market Economics 2022. Q3 2022. We're looking ahead for the rest of the year. So again, this is your last chance to let people know before they join us. You know, I like to look at the full ecosystem. I do that on ATI. I have done that consistently. We're really interested in looking at everything. And tonight we're going to touch upon most of it. New and used, pricing, demand, supply. We talk about front of the store, back of the store, because if you're if you're just in the back of the store, you're going to miss all that stuff happening in the front of the store that dictates what's happening in the back of the store, and vice versa. If you've been in the front of the store the whole time, let's walk around back. Let's take a look. Let's see what's going on back there. Let's talk to those guys. We do that on ATI. We were at the Summer Roundtable last week, live in Nashville. It already seems like, what, a month ago? Um, and we were really proud. We 
with Andrea Amico in an energy show we did two weeks ago. Just two weeks ago, Andrea gave exactly why auto transport should be at the IARA roundtable. We shared a video about that. And we were at the committee meetings. Ty was there at the Canadian Committee, Conference and Event Committee, Education and Compliance, Industry Advancement, Marketing Engagement. Awesome stuff, Ty. And we went live at the roundtable. If you haven't seen it, check that out. Interesting stuff going live at these trade shows. This is the committee meeting. This is no joke. This isn't four people and a Danish. Okay? This is a packed room talking about standards and updates. Amazing stuff happening at these IARA committee meetings. So we're proud to share it and talk about it here on ATI. This is the keynote. Look, again, a packed room. Fantastic stuff. Well done, IARA. Tony Long, Jeff Besher were on the show recently. Thank you so much, guys. And so um, if, you, if you missed it and you want to learn more about what happened, check out ATI, talk to Ty, send me an email, autotransportintel at gmail.com. Be happy to let you know. Here's another event coming up, the IATA meet and greet. This is Saturday. Um, now, 26th, it actually starts Friday night, and then it's happening Saturday day. That's oh, off the page. But this is next weekend. It's a meet and greet for the auto transport industry, and it's in Lancaster, PA, at the Eden Resort and Suites in Lancaster. Any questions about that? We're going to have uh, Ziggy Keller. He's going to be on the show here in a couple weeks on a Wednesday on Live Care Advice with Brian Riker and Ty. It's going to be great. Um, here's more uh, information. Hanson and Adkins is hiring. They have driver opportunities there in California. If you've got job opportunities, let us know. Email us. Send me, send me a message. Hey, Jay, I want this on the industry news, okay? For example, like Autosled has an app update. Turn-by-turn -turn navigation for transporters. Yeah, share your tech updates on ATI. Um, Shipper Car Now has been doing a lot of social media. On the road again. Looking forward to visiting upcoming cities. Okay. Visiting and then tell us why you're visiting, right? I think I've got an idea. I think I know why. Here's one for you, Super Dispatch versus Central Dispatch. Share that information. Now, this is interesting, and this kind of gets into Ants was talking about, uh, you know, Cox Automotive on ATI. Yes, absolutely. Central Dispatch has a new search, and they're proud to share it. So we want to highlight that, too. Now, here's what's interesting. I wonder if we need, do we need a little more awareness? Because um, I'm just going to point this out. Here's the, here's the new search. Oh, let me move my uh, face here for a second. Now, see, there's the new search. And see up here, there's a button, use old search. Well, now check this comment out. Because this guy on one of the 29,000 member Facebook pages, you know, that wasn't real nice. And he just says he wants the old search. And the guy at the bottom says, can I get the old search? Well, yeah, you can. So maybe we really do need to get together and talk more because it's there. You just didn't know it. Um, here's one for you. My dispatcher said there's not enough vehicles on central dispatch. 
I was going to ask other people's opinions. These carriers and dispatchers agree. Now, when they say it's bad, what do they mean it's bad? What's bad? The volume? The pricing? What, what, do you, what, what did you expect? And why did you expect that? And who's your customer? Well, that's what we do here in ATI. We talk about it. And I can't go any further. Look at this. Look at Paul Machine spraying champagne in the live chat, in the super chat on ATI on a Tuesday. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much. Um, and I know I missed some great comments in here, too. What do we got? Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, good. This conversation back and forth. I like that. Yeah, it was a great turnout, um, Jason. And, you know, Jason, we want to know, uh, you had a, I think you had an event recently. Do you have another one coming up? How can we help? Do you have an event coming up? Anybody out there in TV land, let us know how we can help. We want to. We love going to trade shows. Let's see what else we got here in the mailbag. Um, oh, here's another, since we're still on. Beware of this company. They don't pay... We aren't getting any help from the negative ratings. This is another comment. Now, some of this news, this is kind of very dispatching live type stuff, but it's important to note because as, as an ecosystem, we need to know what the problems are all around. But believe me, we're going to go around. Hey, shout out to Brianna Cox. Check this out. She posts this on LinkedIn. Um, I attempted to get someone, anyone from these two companies to talk to me regarding Recovery agencies that have insane past dues. Only blank messaged me back, but has blown me off since. She posted, hey, please take a look at your investment in a blank. They don't pay their bills to vendor partners. It's caused several agencies. That is ballsy. Well done, Brianna. Because, you know, that's the thing. Uh, as Ty and I talk about, you know, if, if we only read press releases and we never get to what's happening... What do we what what service are we providing? We say we care about people. Do we care about people? By the way, how are we doing here? <laughs> What's is that in the manual? I guess uh I guess you gotta do with what you got. You play the cards you're dealt. I don't know, I didn't know where to fit this in, but I thought it was a you know, it's just kind of random sign guy and someone Stop cutting off trucks and slowing down right after. That it needed to be shared. It needed that does need a sign on a random sidewalk somewhere. Please stop doing that. It's terrible. Send in your comments, autotransportintel at gmail.com. I'm Jay. This is ATI. It's auto business. It is how you get your car streaming business news. Oh, you put it up on the big screen. You know why? Because every Tuesday night. I've got five new questions. That's right. Five new questions. Now, I am on the move right now. So, I don't, again, I don't have all my fancy uh, sound effects and everything, but I'm going to try to pull this off. I don't know if it's going to work. It's, it'll be dicey, but, you know, it's a dicey show. Here we go. Question one. True or false? The vehicle chip shortage is over, and automotive supply chain issues have been resolved true or false put it in the live chat true or false 
You know, the first one's a gimme, right? Powered by Superflow Systems and ATI Auto Business. Are you a car shipping guru? Play the game. Stay engaged. We do five new questions every Tuesday night right around this time. There we go. There we go. False. Thank you. Thank you so much, Artie. Really do appreciate that. Ants Express. Yeah, the chip shortage isn't over. Now, I did see a video. A guy said he's tired of it. I don't know, man. You know, some conspiracies, it's real hard to get on board. I don't know, man. I don't think this is a conspiracy. I think it's real. Is it real? Tell me it's not real. I don't know, dude. Um, I'm going to go with Lee Harvey Oswald before I'm going to go with chip shortage conspiracy. And automotive supply chain issues, my gosh. We were just talking to somebody earlier today saying that it is it is painful getting um <laughs> I'd like to poll our audience are our haulers seeing an increase in repos and I've already heard a couple times today but I but see what I also read I read this is that we're still in default stage where we don't have the tidal wave yet the repo tsunami is coming that's what I've heard question 2 here we go Oh, and by the way, it was false. Sorry about that. I meant to. <laughs> Jeez, Jay. Really getting ahead of yourself. All right. Question two. What is the most appropriate carrier pay amount to ship a 2019 Honda Civic from Elko, Georgia to Reno, Nevada? $8.95, $11.15, $15.90, $18.05. opportunity to test. Do you know what it costs to ship a car? Now, this is the price that the carrier will agree to and the shipper will agree to. The shipper wants it to be like five bucks. The carrier wants it to be like five grand. This is the number in between that they agree to today, given current market conditions. And still, oftentimes, well, one party is dissatisfied. Let's put it that way. So, um, okay, it's a sedan. It's a mildly used sedan which means it's probably a million dollars right now at auction um 8.95 well it isn't going to pay 1805 i don't think even at the height of covid i don't think it paid 1805 um georgia to nevada i'm going to go with 1115 i'll bet it moves for 1115 i like the guess already see i think it should i agree with you guys it should be 1590 See, that's how you know. That's how you know you're dealing with a with a car hauler. A dealer might post uh, eight ninety five. Tell tell me I'm wrong. Jay, oh Keith's got eleven fifteen. Thanks, Keith. I love it. Do I? Does anybody have eight ninety five? Does and where's um where's Silver Mint? <laughs> he he he'd be posting like three grand. No, he's Silvermint knows what he's talking about. Oh, look at Will Morris has got uh, kind of like student loan defaults, right? Not apples and oranges, but are we bumping against people saying they were defrauded and didn't understand the loan terms? Ooh, I like that comment, Will. In fact, that'd be a good, uh, we should we should do, I was thinking this, Will, we need to do another uh, Cars on the Move and bring you on. Cars on the Move panels, man. I love that. that. The benchmark on that's really gone up. It's wonderful. We need to get you back, Will. Um... 
But I don't know, man. Are people getting into vehicles? I mean, you know, how many stimulus checks do you need before you... Uh... Okay. I'll stop there. Uh, Jay, that was uncalled for. Will, a good point. But caveat emptor, buyer beware. The people are always going to get into cars they can't afford in the long run. That's just the way it is. I think uh, Bruce Hornsby commented on that one time. Is it a two-door or a four-door? Thank you, Jonathan. Does it matter? <laughs> is it one of those convertibles? All right. The suspense is killing me. What's the answer? I still say 1115. Oh, I'm so glad to see 1590. That's awesome. Let's... Because carriers need, if the carriers don't make enough money, they go to business. And then who's going to move the consigner's vehicle then? Does the consigner know about this? I'm not sure. Question three. Here we go. Consumer interest in shopping for and owning an electric vehicle is down. True or false? It depends on who you ask. But I think I think we can all agree. I think I, I got confirmation on this one. It's a Paul. It's a 2021 C1. <laughs> Consumer interest in shopping for and owning an electric vehicle is down. True or false? Anybody? How about you? Are you interested in owning or shopping for an electric vehicle? Man, crushing it tonight. Crushing it, Ants. That is false. People love their EVs. And it's interesting. Can you imagine what it would be like without Tesla? Like, where would we be? Oh, Tesla. But can they afford it long term? Well done, John Coles. I have a feeling John has part of that answer. He's like, hey, don't put me on the spot, Jay. Keep it to yourself. Question four. What is the most appropriate carrier pay amount to ship a 2017 Dodge Charger from Ashburn, Virginia to Nampa, Idaho? 755, 1025, 1380, or 1705? Mike, check. One, two. Ah. Uh... 2017 Dodge Charger, which runs on gas. You see that in industry news. From Virginia to Ohio, oh, Idaho. That actually could go for 1705. Actually, I don't I don't prefer the 1380 as the other option. I'm going to go 1705 on this one. Because I got the other one wrong, so now I'm going to go the other and it, you know, never pays. Never second guess yourself. Ants, you got 1705. Ants is crushing it tonight, by the way. Ants, Artie, Ants Express, so far, three for three. Is it going to be four? Anybody else want to get in on this? Going once. Going twice. Ooh, John's got 1380. I'm going to go 1705. Come on, lucky sevens. Oh, 
Oh, it feels so good. Right. See, Carlos... Carlos understands my pessimism. Not that it's really served me that well, but I've always been pessimistic. And, um, and that's actually why, as we saw earlier in the news when they're talking about the load boards and unhappy with the loads, it's because, and you'll see it in the pessimism, thus bringing it back home, is that uh, so many rates are just too low to book that a carrier often, dispatcher carrier often feels like there's just no good route to put together. And yet we're seeing here two rates, but anybody, does anybody have the cents per mile on these? Cause I don't, I don't have my map open or my calculator. Um, is it still worthwhile doing even at 1705? I'm assuming yes, but I, I don't have it in front of me. I mean, that could be, that could be 2000 miles, which puts it at uh what? 80 cents a mile, 83 cents a mile. And what are you going to put with it? See, that's the other problem. Ashburn, Virginia to Nampa, Idaho, how many vehicles are going that way? It's a pretty good question. Party of one. All right, question five. True or false? Volume of new and used, wholesale and retail, vehicle sales continues to be as strong as ever. Now, probably I built in so many parameters that there can't be a way it's true. But... It has been crazy the last couple of years. So one never knows. Does one? Huh? Volume of new and used wholesale and retail vehicle sales continue to be as strong as ever. Anybody? Last question. This is ants. It's all on the line. Okay. You're four for four. Artie. Is the lead dog tonight on Are You a Car Shaman Guru? Can he handle the pressure? It's like, it's like who wants to be a millionaire or something. <laughs> True or false? Volume of new and used wholesale and retail vehicle sales continues to be as strong as ever. And the answer is, it is false. Oh, man. <laughs> but see, see, and here's the takeaway. That's what makes this such a great uh, quiz show section, is that when you throw in all the verticals, it actually makes it really hard to get all five right. Because you might be good at the um, auto transport pricing questions and not know the dealer side. And that's why we're here all together on ATI Auto Business. Thank you so much. Um, I am sorry to report that uh, nobody got all five for five. I Not even me. And I wrote half the questions. <laughs> so... Um, yeah, really do appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for playing that game and humoring me. I really do. It means a lot.
Oh, oh, where's my, uh, oh, I don't have the, uh, you know what? I don't have my, um, yeah, we're going to come back for this. Do me a favor. I don't have my, I don't have my uh, ELD punch with me. So I'm, I'm off my game. Um, I'll tell you what, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break right now. We're going to come right back. We're going to do industry news part two. Stick around. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be right back. Are you completely stressed out from all the calls and the contracts and the verification of loads? When nobody answers the phone, call Murphy Auto Dispatch Services today. Murphy Auto Dispatch Services has over 15 years of experience in the transport industry. We are your office while you are on the road. We book, we verify, and we bill out your loads for you. We have an excellent accounting staff and an even better dispatch team. Give us a call today at 417-273-0021. Or if you want to email me, it's Murphy Auto Transport. 31 at yahoo.com. Give us a call today. Everybody wants to be part of a bigger story. Auto transport is a vital part of that story. Vehicle reconditioning starts when your transport arrives at the dealership. The story starts with you. For our auto retail customers, as yours, full satisfaction. Car dealers can see the rapid recon difference with transparent communication through the vehicle reconditioning process, auto remarketing, and dealer inventory management software. Visit rapidrecon.com. Links in the live chat, phone number, email, website. Thank you, Rapid Recon. Thank you, Murphy Auto Transport Services. Here we go. It is now time for industry news. Part two. Here we go. In automotive news, uh, online tools yielding results. Some public new vehicle retailers are selling thousands of vehicles on branded digital platforms. No surprise. We're seeing expanding e-commerce tools for customers. I mean, it is everywhere. You can't walk a trade show without running into more and more e-commerce tools. So how do you separate among the pack? And how do you choose? And by the way, how's it going? For those in using these tools, some of the nation's large public franchise dealer groups say they continue to make progress with their digital retailing initiatives, reaching more consumers and locking more sales. Groups such as Lithium Motors, Group One Automotive, with their own branded online sales platforms, report thousands of digital transactions in the second quarter. Others, such as Sonic Automotive, say they're progressing with rolling out their own e-commerce tools. Um, AutoNation credited de demonstrated digital scale as one factor contributing to increased used vehicle revenue. By the way, other verticals stick with me because if this is happening, how are you integrating with those tools? Lithium Motors reported that its driveway digital retailing platform in June handled at least 4,600 transactions, more than eight times the volume in June 2021. Driveways performance shows they're making inroads, finding new customers, while many competitors are having to re-examine their own growth strategies. Penske leaders uh, said the retailer had 515,000 online service and business development center appointments. Wow. And they've also partnered with automakers for digital retailing initiatives. BMW, Porsche, Toyota, Lexus, Honda, Lincoln, Nissan, new and used online tools. Group One sold 6,900 vehicles through its digital retailing platform, Acceleride. I had not heard that before. Acceleride in the second quarter, up 22%. 
um, in which a customer starts using Acceleride, goes through the full process, completes a vehicle purchase. Asbury is using ClickLane. They sold almost 7,000 vehicles using ClickLane in the second quarter. That's another one I hadn't heard. ClickLane. Sonic Automotive. I guess uh, here they're, they're rolling out their new e-commerce platform to be used nationwide through Echo Park website. So this helps understand because you've seen all the dealership acquisitions and growth, acquiring new tools. Boy, where's it all headed? And by the way, who's providing the service for the car shipping buttons? Do they have a car shipping button? Wait a minute, they don't? Okay, get the phone number. Send them an email. What is Jay talking about? Online player shift technology signals need for revised used car strategy. Shift technologies. You've seen a lot of uh, inside news between them and car lots. They're revamping used car operations to include job cuts and a merger with used vehicle consignment company car lots. The company's getting a, a new CEO next month, cutting workforce by 60%. Makes you wonder what happened over at Car Lots. Hmm. The updated plan also contains Shift's response to current market dynamics, changes inventory mix to favor what it calls value vehicles or cars, trucks older than eight years with, of 80,000 miles or more. Oh, that's the focus. And everybody's been affected. Carvana, Vroom. So this is interesting. Like Carvana, Shift will try to lower its cash burn. Like Vroom, Shift will try to reduce its, reduce its sales volume. Very interesting stuff. I have a feeling the Data Science Delta team is making notes tonight. <laughs> Auction houses grapple with pricing used EVs. This is fascinating, too. And I'm sure this came up at the IARA. As the number of used battery electric vehicles rises, auto auction houses are wrestling with how to factor battery health and expected degradation into the value of an EV. Now, I know, I know. Somewhere there's a carrier saying, who cares? Let me tell you something, right? Right now, there's a, there's a, there's a business owner saying, I care. The owner cares. And so we got to talk about, we got to figure out what is going to happen with these used EVs. What are we going to do? As used EVs become common, the largest auto auctions grapple with how to, how to value a car after factoring the degradation of the batteries, which is typically the last 10 years, about 100,000 miles. Accurately judging the remainder of a battery's useful life is crucial to building confidence in the used EV market. This is an interesting... Uh, Okay, so determining battery health is not as established as, say, checking the brake wear. Concern is amplified as range declines with expected battery degradation. That issue started to appear about five years ago when used Nissan Leaf EVs started appearing in Mannheim auction inventory. Um, Joe George, president of Cox Automotive Mobility, said, woke up one day and we had 3,000 Leafs on the property. Didn't know what to do with them. It's pretty fascinating. Dealers didn't want to bid on them. Fascinating. In other news, some Rivian customers, let's get rid of that pesky. Some Rivian customers aren't happy with the company after it canceled the most affordable electric truck. Electric truck. Jeez, Rivian. Um, Rivian canceled the entry-level version of the R1T effectively raising the price of its base model 
electric truck by over $6,000. The company said in an email to customers, it was canceling the base Explore model, which started at $67,500 in favor of the $73,000 adventure trim. Customers can either upgrade to the more trim or cancel the order. And it's not the first time Rivian Priorities holders have been angered by a price increase in March. They company increased the estimate by 20%, but walked that back the next day. I don't think they're walking this one back. Plus, they've been facing financial storms, reported net loss. And then, of course, you see earlier this month, Ford announced that they raised the F-150 Lightning by seven grand. Trouble in paradise. Last call, Dodge teases 2023 Dodge Charger and Dodge Challenger lineup. Again, if you don't think everything's going EV, well, last call on Dodge internal combustion engines for some vehicles. The Dodge Charger, Dodge Challenger in their current form are coming to an end. The Dodge 2023 lineup will pay homage to the muscle car. Uh, with Demon, Hellcat, Red Eye, Scat. Shaker jailbreak um, as they gear up for an all-EV lineup. Celebrating the end of an era with the start of a bright new electrified future, said Tim, uh, Dodge brand chief executive officer. Well, I looked in the comments and, hey, Dodge, I hope you're ready to get uh, buried. Just put the nail in the coffin. I mean, really, a sound clip for the sound of the engine? I know video games have a better sound than that, and killing iconic cars, etc. Fake sounding POS and all that. Well, it's not, you know, this isn't going to be easy. But again, I'm talking outreach and awareness on ATI. We're here to help. It's going to get messy. <laughs> Speaking of, Ford's talking about hydrogen F-550 trucks. Holy mackerel. What does it sound like? Pac-Man? Ford is cutting 3,000 jobs for white-collar workers. And you've seen it. It's, been, it's going around. Of course, it's hard, it takes an hour to get a sandwich made down the street. But um, in other news, LAX to become one of uh, United States' largest charging ports with 1,300 EV charger revamp. No joke. Now, it's interesting. They're already at like 832 chargers, so they're pretty close. 5.5 billion landslide access modernization program, codenamed LAMP. It's <laughs> fantastic. Part of LA's World Airport's 14 billion modernization project. Man, serious money going into EV stuff. By the way, this is pretty interesting. Typical rates to charge uh, your EV Tesla is about 30 bucks. Mustang Mach-E, 35 bucks, 34 bucks. You can't see it at the bottom of the page. Hummer EV is $95. But you know. Um, and bad news for you just got that Maverick you've been waiting on for two years. Well, we're sending it back. Side curtain airbags malfunction. Shoot. That blows. Wouldn't want to be doing that live YouTube channel. But, you know, uh, Costco. Now, not Costco, but in international news, this is like a Chinese. Uh, well, I'm just going to read the headline. Costco develops tech to transform pulp ship into a car carrier with a fancy 
rack system in an unprecedented shipping market uh, witness during the pandemic, cargo types have migrated to all manner of alternative vessels. Chinese largest maritime conglomerate, state-run Costco, has developed a foldable car frame where vehicles can then be stacked into ships not traditionally associated with the movement of automobiles. Costco came up with the concept to overcome tightness in the car carrier segment, a shipping sector that has seen rates leap up dramatically this year. Container spreaders can carry the frames on and off the vessel. I guess with the cars loaded, that's fascinating, isn't it? Hey, what's up, John Lurk? What do you think of that? Them apples. Uh, we got the panel coming up soon. I just want to mention, get the podcast. If you don't have the ATI podcast, on all major podcasting platforms, just type in ATI Auto Business. That's ATI Auto Business. Uh, I do want to thank thank you all um, for, you know, when we when we appear in the news, I like to thank thank you auto remarketing. Um, beyond the transaction, if you see this, click on transportation and logistics, and uh, we got you know this news about auto sled and run buggy and auto transport, and a quote by yours truly. Thank you so much. Trucking is so expensive, burns through cash so quickly. Waiting for a check to arrive and the mail still doesn't cover the cost of needing to haul loads right now. How cool is that? Thank you, Bill Zadites, Cherokee Media. Really do appreciate it. Uh, be sure to text or call Ty, 417-483-2764. And he's here to help. We're here to help. And we're here to party with our friends, experts, advertisers, speakers, panelists. We have a party this Friday. An ATI party with pre-owned auto logistics is happening Friday at noon live central time and ty is going to be live in boston at the pre-owned auto logistics office how cool is that that's so cool and then they're going to be on tuesday night on ati pre-owned auto logistics and if you catch the email you know you'll see you can click on find out more about pre-owned auto logistics is um really a, a growing business in auto transport that wants to help you not only get your vehicle but be able to communicate with human beings. It's, it's a novel idea. Communicate with communicate with human beings. And we're going to prove that on Friday and Tuesday. It's the Car Shipping Business Channel. My name is Jay. I really do appreciate you joining us tonight uh, and saying hello in the live chat. Great seeing everybody in here. Shiloh Mom. Awesome. Mark Steiner is in the live chat. John Larrick. Keith Gayhart. I love it. Thank you all so much for saying hello, tuning in. And, and again, let us know how we can help. So get your get your pencils ready, um, because what we're going to do after this is we're going to we're going to be live with Jonathan Smoke, Alex Yurchenko, John Coles, the Delta Science team, the Data Science Delta team, here live on ATI Auto Business, and they're going to take over. And it's going to be data. You're going to definitely want to watch this next segment. We'll be right back. Thank you. Why is auto shipping such a challenge? If shipping cars is part of your job, you've wasted time assigning and tracking shipments, waited around while deadlines are missed, and struggled getting anyone to answer your questions. And if you're a carrier moving cars, you've wasted time with bad contact info and shipments that aren't available waited around for help locating vehicles and receiving payments, and struggled getting anyone to answer your questions. 
At PAL, we integrate systems for seamless API automations, provide daily email updates, custom portals and reporting, provide ACH quick pays, and we never hide from any questions. Join the auto logistics revolution because it's time to do things better. Pre-owned auto logistics, vehicle transportation made safe, reliable, and easy. Mike, check one, two. Can you hear me okay? Check, check. Okay, now we're okay. And going again. Pre-owned Auto Logistics provides car shippers with experienced professional drivers, a fully insured modern fleet, and friendly, knowledgeable service. Learn more. Visit preownedautologistics.com. Tune in Friday. Tune in Tuesday. Make sure you catch all of the latest content. We're going to be live with Pre-owned Auto Logistics. So, uh, yeah. Okay, so you can hear me now. Mike, check one, two, three. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this is it. Time is here. It is now time. I know you can barely hear that drum roll, which is too bad because you deserve a very large drum roll indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, live with me tonight, Jonathan Smoke, Cox Automotive, Alex Yurchenko, Black Book, John Coles, ACV Auctions. We'll start with Jonathan. Jonathan, can you see me and hear me okay? Yes, I do, Jay. All right, perfect. Happy Tuesday night. Happy Tuesday night. Well said. Alex, can you see me and hear me okay? Uh, yes. Good evening. Good evening. Awesome. Thank you. John Coles, can you see me and hear me okay? Sure can. Good evening, Jay. All right. Good evening. Gentlemen, um, without any further ado, um, what I really want to do now that you're you're on stage and we're here together, I want to hand it over to you guys. You obviously, you know each other um and you love this stuff what is it what are we talking about what do you guys love what is this what are we doing <laughs> it's making sense out of the world jay and figuring out making... where we go next all right you... how do you yeah how do you do that well it's been no easy task uh for several years running now but uh you know we, we the some things we all have in common is we, I think each one of us has probably intensely uh, throughout our lives tried to find the perfect set of data uh, to be able to line everything up to, to make sense of things. In fact, I'm probably uh, too, too old school and, and not uh, sophisticated enough for my two uh, colleagues uh, joining me tonight uh, because both Alex and John, I think, are uh, masters of the uh, data, data side of things. Um, so I, I have to dip into the economics toolkit, uh, which is, uh, you know, part, part philosophy, um, because there are times when the data set has no uh, substance to tell you uh, how this is going to play out. And we've been living through one of those times. And we're, in, you know, we're in another phase of that, because when have we ever uh, talked about a recession when we have no supply in, in the industry and uh, a recession when we have 3.5% unemployment rate uh, for, for the country. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of things that, um, you know, make it challenging to figure out uh, what comes next. But at the end of the day, um, I know I've spent my career and I, and I assume Alex and John both also feel similarly that we want people to make the best decisions possible. And so we're in an impossible position to try to put our best guess forward. That means 
forecasting things. Um, and we probably have the most fun when we're debating what our forecasts look like. So uh, maybe we'll eventually get to that with uh, things like vehicle sales and vehicle prices and even uh, what the economy is going to look like. Yeah, in, in my previous life, I was a I was a mathematician. I was I was studying chaos theory, and current market is is much more complicated than that. Uh, so, so some of some of my research was in the deterministic chaos. So that that's what I think we're trying to figure out is how to get, as Jonathan mentioned, how, how to make sense out of this uh, right now chaotic uh, and 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 changing environment in automotive industry in all in all uh, verticals you take retail you take wholesale you take transportation uh or a relationship between oems and dealers everything is changing and every and uh, pandemic and COVID just accelerated that change you know it, it's funny in my previous life i uh i worked in network theory and uh disaster relief a little bit of counterterrorism, but the the core of it was always trying to understand how people interacted um, using data and trying to understand how to support good decision-making when there's a lot of uncertainty thrown into the mix. You've got uh, different people all trying to do the right thing, trying to work together to accomplish a goal. How do you uh, inform people and provide data to the right people at the right time to set them up for success? And that's really what excites me about this industry is, uh, you know, automotive is one of the biggest employers in the country, one of the uh, biggest service providers in the country, getting people into able to transfer across the country. Um, and uh, I think it was the 2000 mile load that threw me off. I mean, we've got to get all around this great country and it's a great opportunity to use data, especially when all your historic context is thrown into chaos. So that's part of the fun. Um, and part of the opportunity and why we love getting on the call uh, with Jonathan and Alex. Thank you for wrapping that back around. Um, and thanks for tuning in for the quiz section. I, I really enjoy that. Um, and it is fun to see the verticals in the live chat come together. Also, Jonathan, I want to thank you for grabbing the wheel. Um, I appreciate that all of you not only are taking the time, but um, see the opportunity here. As I mentioned, the data science Delta team, you know, this is a different format. And I know that you all, um, you excel in your fields of interpretation. And when I've, when I've sat in just as the, you know, slight rehearsals and test prep sessions, you guys blow me away. So let's move on with that. Um, pricing, we had pricing up first. Who wants to crack that open? Well, we, Alex, we, what's we, your latest forecast? <laughs> we, 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 we thought we are, we're done with the roller coaster, but uh, it, it, it seems the market is, is continuing with that. We, we saw that through 2020 when we saw historic drops in prices and then historic increases in prices within two months. And that, and then 2021 is it was just astonishing year. Probably we're never going to see anything like that when vehicles were appreciating uh, assets across all segment, across all uh, ages. It it seems that we are getting back to some normality in sense of depreciation. Vehicle is depreciating. 
actually in the last what now three four weeks they're depreciating at rates higher than we've seen uh, during this time of the year um, so dealers need to start thinking as, as they were four years three years ago now now vehicles are depreciating again lots of uh, companies lots of dealer groups they did well when assets were appreciating they have to be uh, back to normal mode of operation. We are we are seeing depreciation, and we're going to see them uh, through the end of this year, um, and and next year is is we expect the depreciations. Whether we're going to see normal seasonality, that's still an open question. There is a lot of uh, outsized outsized forces that can influence how the market is working and uh jonathan covered a lot of them it's it, it's uh, whether we're going to have a recession uh where, where are the gas prices are going we, we just saw huge increases in gas prices and now we've seen huge decreases we, we're still around four dollars but we're not at five so the trend at least the trend is down it's it's it's, it's going to be interesting ne the next i guess last quarter of this year yeah, to to Alex's point, we've there it, there hasn't been just like a simple break. Like we go back to depreciation, even within this year, uh, we had much higher depreciation than normal to start the year. Then we had appreciation going on in the spring. It wasn't quite uh, like our normal spring bounce that we often see in wholesale prices. It lasted longer, uh, but the increases that we were seeing were not quite the same, and some of it was driven by I would call outside forces like rental car companies, um, you know, buying aggressively in the in the auction again. But all of that ended at the beginning of June, and what you know, Alex, what we've all been seeing uh, over the last three months basically has been much higher than normal depreciation for this time of year. And um, you know, going back to what I said earlier, we 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 constantly look for meaning. Why is this happening? Uh, is this a reflection of a correction? Is this a reflection of the retail market falling apart? Um, you know, the simple answer in the retail data is no, the retail market is hanging in there. It's, it's not as strong as last year, but it's certainly not collapsing. And actually, relative to last year's performance, this year is gaining ground as we progress. Now, a lot of that has to do last year really slowed down in the second mm -hmm. half of the year. So all we got to do is hang in there a little bit and, and we've got a chance uh, at, at winning this thing against uh, last year, at least in a, in a few of the weeks and months uh, that are coming up. Um, but fundamentally, the, the simple reason why we're seeing prices uh, decline over, uh, over the summer more than we typically do is that it's shifted to a buyer's market. Um, the day supply that we estimate uh, in terms of what we have available for sale at Mannheim, but also what we calculate is on average sitting on dealer lots is higher than normal. And if supply, one thing I've learned working in real estate and then in auto is that whenever there's more supply than there is demand, prices go down. And when the opposite is true, prices go up. And so we've got you know, a short period of time that is causing uh, prices to come down in the short term. I think that's causing some, well, clearly some anxiety on the part of dealers um, because they're looking at inventory they paid for in late spring that's now worth, um, you know, uh, we're, we're probably going to lose three to 4% uh, in the month of August. 
uh, and and that's no small thing. That can eliminate a margin, um, you know, on, on a particular uh, vehicle. But if you look back to what their pricing pressure looked like in the spring when prices were going up, when rental car companies were buying, it's setting them up for what you buy now is likely to be uh, profitable, more profitable. Uh, the margin is bigger because retail prices aren't declining like wholesale prices. So there's lots of moving parts here. I don't think it's a sign that we're going into a recession and the consumers throwing in the towel. The one thing that I see in the retail data is that um, interest rates have gotten to a point that it is putting clear affordability pressure on key segments of the used vehicle market. And I, and I think that's the key reason why sales are softer. Um, but you know, another good thing about prices coming down is uh, with every lower price, you're creating uh, potentially new, new buyers in the, in the market. So I don't think this is going to last indefinitely. I think you know, we're, we're looking at forecasts that are very similar to each other. Uh, in our most recent reports, at least, unless you guys updated things this afternoon. Um, so, but, you know, whether we have to add another percent or point uh, or uh, percentage point or two before the end of the year, that's that's the question right now. Yeah, to, to build on Alex and Jonathan's comments, you know, in June, we really started to see that uh, deflationary pressure. Um, you know, everybody said supplies tight, supplies tight. So that's going to keep uh, keep the market very liquid and keep some of the odder dynamics we saw in 2020 and 2021 still active through the back half of the year. And I think the, the rental company is pulling out of the market um, as well as some of the uh, you know worsening uh, consumer confidence scores, um, some concerns around recession, even if they're not, hopefully not going to come to fruition, but those concerns slowed demand more aggressively um, than we would see in this normal period. And I think you've got dealers that are welded into the cars and uh, rebuilt some of their business around flipping a, flipping a wholesale car and making a profit in an appreciating market or shifting some of the economics a little bit. And now as those prices correct, one of the uh, indicators that uh, Alex's team pushes out, which I love, is the, the used days, used retail days to turn. And looking at that indicator, we have a couple similar indicators internally at ACV, but that indicator in July and August spiked past where we've seen it in any previous July and August, 2019, 2020, 2021. And at the same time, you still have reduced supply. So that delay on the lot, I think, is going to force some of our, our dealer partners to pull down their prices and some of those higher-end vehicles that Shift and Vroom and, and some of those other partners lost margin on, and, and now they're having to adjust. I think some of our dealer partners are going to pull their floor prices down, and we're going to see more liquid engagement, especially as we head towards uh, Labor Day and towards the back half of the year, even as prices are coming down, you're going to see activity, but there's going to see, you know, some, some deflationary pressures through the back half of the year um, to correct some of the more aggressive uh, dynamics we saw in the last two years. I think the big unknown, the big, big question right now is, is new supply. Every, probably every few months, we, we're hoping that we're back to normal. 
at the end of last year, every th everyone, uh, I think everyone expected this, this is going to be a great year for new sales. And so most of the projections were, I think, north of 16 million, probably. Uh, if, if we'll get to 14 million this year, I think it's going to be a great year. Um, and with the low, low, low uh, product, lower production and low sales incentives are very, very low. So they get the transaction prices uh, on new cars through the roof. And to, to Jonathan's point, on the new cars, affordability is also a question. Uh, the the prices of prices of new vehicles and and amount of loans are uh, continuously increasing, um, and we're not going to get to any kind of normality until production and, and, and some inventory level uh, it will increase. We've, in the last probably months or so, we've start, started to see increases in available inventory, but we're talking about probably one, one a little bit more than a million units on dealer's lot compared to more than 3 million pre-pandemic. So the, the inventory level is extremely low um, but it seems like we hit the bottom. Uh, we're going to slowly uh, in, increase the inventory, but it might take years to get to, uh, if we'll ever get to pre-COVID levels uh, of inventory. And that will keep, incent hopefully it'll keep, incent for, hopefully for OEMs, it'll keep incentives uh, at the low level. When pre-pandemic we saw incentives above 10% of MSRP, Right now we're around three percent, so incentives are uh, almost non-existent on the vehicles. Um, so and that and that 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 pressure from the new side allows the use prices to to be elevated for foreseeable future. I mean, we're not probably not going to get back to 2021 prices, but uh, we, we we expect the prices to stay elevated, but 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 decline. Yeah, there's, there's signs of uh, hope, there's light at the end of the tunnel that we indeed are, are at the end of, of this long period of being at the bottom of, of uh, the inventory numbers. What I've been seeing in the inventory data that our uh, V Auto uh, folks collect is uh, an increase. Uh, the first increases um, that's, that appear to be adding up uh, over the last two weeks. Uh, so we've seen not just uh, day supply tick up, which that's been ticking up a little bit this summer because the sales pace has been uh, slower, but we're actually seeing a bit more units of inventory out there. And to Alex's point on incentives, uh, July was the first month in 18 months where incentives actually grew uh, on average uh, from the manufacturers. Uh, it happened to be one manufacturer that drove the average up. <laughs> Um, but it only takes one. Uh, that's where that's where we need to see, you know, some improvements starting to happen. Now, we don't think that we're going to be bouncing back to 17 million. I mean, a dose of humility is coming into the year. Uh, our forecast was 16.3 for the year, and right now we we think the best we're going to get is 13.7. Um, you know, that's quite a downward revision. But if you think about how many things have changed. <laughs> Uh, in the time that we were putting together last year's forecasts and where we are now, um, you know, it's it's just a reflection of everything that we're going through. Um, so we think we're 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 starting to see the early signs. We think it's going to take pretty much all of 2023 uh, to really get um, more manufacturers uh, clearing through their supply chain and production issues because you still have 
lingering issues from the conflict in Ukraine. You still have issues in China uh, with COVID. Uh, and it's going to take a while, uh, particularly for those regions, uh, to really get to the same speed. But probably by the end of 23 and into 24, that's where you can start to bank on SAR numbers that are creeping above 15 million um, and getting you know closer to that 16. We were we were way too optimistic in hindsight, thinking we were going to be able to achieve by the end of of this year. And and when that starts to happen, you start to relieve some of the pressure. You start to relieve some of the competition uh, in the used market where people with better credit and, and uh, higher incomes are able to keep buying uh, when other consumers are, are priced out of the uh, market. So that does mean next year is probably going to have a bit more pressure on used vehicle prices too uh, than, uh, you know, similar to this year in terms of, of uh, you know, more of a movement down in some of our aggregated metrics. Um, uh, but the new market is, I think, finally uh, at, at the end of the tunnel, and it's not a train uh, that's that's coming at us in that light. John, do you see a train? <laughs> um, you know, I my only hesitation, and uh, Alex and and Jonathan are getting we we're getting to know each other pretty well. I would say the logistics and supply chain issues as we see increasing shifts towards electric vehicles and some of the lingering issues on uh, both international politics, dynamics, I, I see changeovers in manufacturing change in the supply chain, let alone just delays in addressing bottlenecks. Um, oh, yeah. Actually slowing that return to a 16, 17 number um, for a longer period of time. But I, I think the direction is correct. I think, you know, that, that uh, I'll say support a buttress to support some of the elevated pricing, but I for current used vehicles will exist because of that reduced supply. But I think we will continue to see uh, deflationary pressure um, because the cars are starting to rust, especially up here in the Northeast. And at some point, uh, that that 2020 charger isn't going to be worth the same amount it was uh, when it was new in uh, beginning of 20 or middle of 2020. So I think we'll see prices continue to come down um, even as demand picks up a little bit and, and supply picks up. I think they'll come hand in hand. But no, I just want to mention there is, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. I just want to mention I'm 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 jotting down, uh, taking notes of some of the questions and whatnot, um, and we'll get to some of that. But I like the rhythm we're on, and I think we had independent dealers up next. Yeah, so you know I mentioned there's pressure in the market, and we're seeing evidence of pressure on uh, in within used vehicle sales. And one of the things that's interesting is. If, if you look at how interest rates are moving for both new and, and used vehicle loans, what you basically see if you narrow the slice and you're looking at a particular credit score um, and you wanna see how that credit score uh, has changed um, you know, year over year, we're basically so far this year seeing interest rates almost two full percentage points up for almost every credit tier. It's a little bit less for the highest credit scores. It's a little bit more for the lower credit scores, but they really haven't moved dramatically differently from one another. 
But when we look at the averages, the averages, the average credit score, uh, the average interest rate has not moved uh, as much as the actual quoted rates per individual customer. And the reason for that is because, well, the mix of customers is getting decidedly better credit score and uh, higher uh, incomes. And is that because lenders are turning down those consumers? We actually don't see any evidence of that. Um, the approval rates have, have gone down a little bit relative to where we were, but the approval rates are still pretty strong. The issue is that uh, the lower income consumer, the lower credit consumer is dropping out of the process entirely because the math, uh, if you're subprime and you're looking at a used vehicle purchase, you're looking at an interest rate of 20% right now on average. Um, it depends on where you live, but you do the math and a historically high used vehicle price times 20%, um, you can't get a payment uh, that actually is going to work. And by the way, those consumers uh, tend to be the households more negatively impacted by increases in food, uh, energy, and rent, uh, which is where uh, you know the majority of our inflation is. So there's pressure on the consumer. And where I'm going with this, Jay, hold in, hold in for me. Uh, is that <laughs> independent uh, dealers tend to be the dealers who have catered to uh, those lower credit consumers. And uh, so as a result, they're dealing with a customer uh, that is not able to keep buying uh, and, and to kind of withstand some of the inflationary pressures. And at the same time, they are the dealers uh, that uh, typically are getting more of their inventory source from auction as opposed to uh, trade-ins on new vehicle purchases or grounding off lease uh, units uh, or, or aggressively going after consumer uh, street uh, purchases like some of the large retailers can. And so they pay more for inventory. Uh, their domain has historically been older vehicles, but because we now have fewer uh, younger used vehicles, the franchise dealers and the retailers are also aggressively going at those older vehicles. So the independents are being attacked on every front. Uh, and by the way, they're dealing with inflation um, and they're dealing with uh, higher labor costs and, and all of those challenges too. So uh, what we basically see, we do a survey every quarter and we basically see a very different perspective uh, reported by franchise dealers uh, versus what's reported by independent dealers. Uh, and, and the kind of difference is that even though the used vehicle market is softer across the board, it's not a soft uh, for those consumers that are buying younger, more expensive units. And at the same time, the franchise dealer is still seeing uh, margins on the new vehicle market that's making it their second most profitable year. Uh, and they're also seeing a very strong fixed ops uh, department. Um, so franchise dealers are still doing quite well and the independents are having more challenges. Uh, by the way, uh, you know, to all the independents that are listening to your show, uh, you know, our, uh, we we definitely see you succeeding too. So I'm not I'm not saying you're not able to adjust. I'm just saying that the uh, you've got way more challenges uh, that you're having to deal with uh, in this market, um, and it's definitely uh, having an impact on on which dealers are actually able to grow this year from a revenue perspective, uh, from a market share perspective, and even some of the larger retailers um, that John was mentioning earlier, we see in their public reports that this is not shaping up to be the kind of year to follow up their record years that they had uh, last year. And it's because they too depend on some of that 
uh, part of the network uh, for the consumer demand uh, that isn't quite as strong this year as it as it was uh, able to be last year. We've seen in data as as franchise dealers getting less uh, trade-ins, less uh, lease returns, consumers are keep, keeping them that market share of independent dealers on the used market or market share of available inventory have been increasing. Pre-pandemic, there were about, in our data, about 40% of all the inventory were independent dealers, right? Right now it's about 50-50. Um, but that means that franchise dealers are, as the gentleman mentioned, they they bid it more aggressively at wholesale. So that's that's another pressure. That was another pressure uh, for the prices last year and, and in the spring. So all the independent dealers had more inventory. It was much more expensive um, and uh, the mar margins were, were squeezed. So now, now when, 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 re when I guess trade-ins will come back to some kind of normal level next year, maybe that pressure is gonna be a little bit relief from the wholesale market. So franchise dealers don't have to go to the auction to get the vehicles. They'll get more uh, lease returns, they'll get more trade-ins. Uh, but right right now, as John mentioned, it, it is a tough, tougher time for independent dealers. But uh, we, we, I think we've seen it before. They're, they, 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 they know how to solve problems and I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll f figure out the solution here. And, and, we've, and we've seen that. Uh, when independent dealers are expanding the way they acquire inventory, they're going more aggressively directly to consumers. They, they try to find those vehicles at people's driveways. They're, they're, look, they're looking, they're going directly to you know, fleet companies. So, so they're looking for other avenues to acquire inventory uh, in this uh, limited inventory environment. And we'll, that environment will be in a similar, uh, similar situation for three, four years at least. So it, it's, it's a new reality where uh, we're gonna have limited inventory of all different types of vehicles, so, uh, rental cars, are not coming back to the market in the same volume. We're going to have much lower volume of those three-year-old off-lease vehicles. Um, last almost three years, we, we haven't seen a lot of repossessions coming to the market. That number is increasing, but the, by historical standards, it's still a very low uh, number of vehicles. So, so available inventory is, is limited, and independent dealers have to fight with with others for that inventory and we've seen the consolidation in the industry uh large independent dealers are, are, are growing uh, it allows them uh scale allows them for for better for better margins you know our our independent dealer dealer partners i mean they are tremendous and flexible um and have weathered multiple seasons like this before i think one of the biggest challenges that they're facing as uh, Alex and Jonathan talked about is they, they've got a double whammy on supply coming onto their lots. They, they don't get new vehicles from the OEM and they're not a grounding location for a lease return. And so when you think about non-auction sources of inventory, um, they've got to go straight to the consumer. They've got to go and fight it out at every auction space that they can. Um, they're getting creative um, and they're specializing. And one of the things um, that was mentioned by, uh, by Paul in the channel, I mean, 
these guys are some of the really excellent independents that I've had the pleasure of talking with. I mean, they look for a specific type of vehicle with a specific problem that they can help solve. Um, and so being able to look through as many condition reports, approaches to the data uh, about that vehicle as possible and source inventory from uh, the right locations is key to them keeping something on their lot that they know how to maintain, that they know how to um, recon and get out to the, their audience in their community. Um, they've been excellent at that. They will continue to thrive in those areas. Um, but we will, I, I anticipate seeing additional specialization in some of those vehicle types um, and some serious excitement as repo vehicles begin to re-enter the sphere as a new source of supply for them. Before we move on to the next topic, I do want to, um, so Rachel has in the super chat, do you see more dealers spending money on service as so many consumers bought used vehicles of their brand from other OEM branded dealers? So doing more uh, recon or uh, just enjoying service because of consumers buying from others and, and, and needing a new uh, kind of dealer to go to for service. I think, I think service is booming. So uh, in fact, one of the labor issues that the industry deals with outside of transportation, which I know Jay, you're an expert on uh, is uh, we have shortages of service technicians uh, everywhere. Um, so we have some visibility into and how the uh, fixed ops department for franchise dealers go because we have a software uh, platform called Xtime uh, that basically uh, is used by a large number of, of franchise dealers. And, and what we see in that data is the, the tickets continue to be down relative to what we had prior to uh, 2020. But the, what's being done, the average ticket size has, is larger in terms of the amount of work people are doing more work when they come in. Some of that's because they haven't had uh, maintenance taken care of and then they're getting it all caught up. Some of it is also that uh, the vehicle's worth more and they can't, uh, they, they see how difficult it is to get a replacement. So they're taking care of that vehicle uh, more than perhaps they were before. So that's causing the, the actual ticket work to grow. And what we've seen this summer is actually uh, we stopped seeing growth in the number of tickets and the number of individual services performed for the first time. And it wasn't, I believe, because demand is declining. I, I think what I'm hearing from dealers is that they're having capacity issues and they're having to push people out. And, and um, you know, I've had that my own personal experience. I'm used to uh, taking, uh, you know, my car in whenever I, you know, I call in the morning and, and always get that, oh yeah, sure, come on, bring it in uh, this afternoon. And instead I got, well, could you do next Thursday? Um, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I have to actually set a time uh, to do this. So um, whether or not some of that is coming from what Rachel is saying that, you know, people are buying vehicles uh, from somewhere else and, and they need work done. We, we do know that what they're buying is older and on average, there is more work to be done on those uh, vehicles, uh, most likely. And again, if you go back to the everybody wants their car to last longer, um, that probably means net net. There's too much demand for us to kind of handle on the on the recon side. And that's actually one of the dilemmas for a lot of dealers, because 
uh, as you buy an older vehicle, there's an expectation of doing a certain amount of recon on that vehicle to make it market ready the way that you used to do. Um, but now you're having to make the trade-off if you've got your own fixed ops department on whether or not you do that recon at the expense of taking care of one of your customers who's waiting for an appointment. Uh, and then it gets even more compli complicated if you're dealing with parts that, by the way, are impacted by supply chain issues like uh, new vehicle production is. So uh, there's a lot of aspects of that part of the business that is particularly challenging. It makes it uh, supply constrained, but it also makes it extremely profitable these days uh, for the dealers who can um, get and hold on to their service technicians. Last year, we've seen uh, as prices were rising, uh, dealers paying 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 less attention to the condition of the vehicle. They were they were buying vehicles because they needed inventory. Um, as market turned this year, dealers have been more selective, and then now they. Going basically to normal behavior, they're looking at how much it's going to cost to to fi fix that car. So we we are getting to normal state of mind uh, when dealers are buying at auction. So we're starting to see, for example, the spreads between different conditions of vehicle increasing again. Where last year, uh, vehicle with thirty thousand and fifty thousand miles could could be almost the same price. Dealers were just buying the inventory. Um, Right, right now they are they are more selective, and we've we've seen that in uh, conversion rates uh, at at auctions. It, it the the rates came down a little bit in the last f four weeks as uh, as as dealers have been cautious for various reasons. But uh, one of them is they they're just selective selective at what they're buying at the, at the auction. I think there's a selectivity, you know, for our audience on the transport side, as we think about um, what what we're seeing as common trends, that specialization and, you know, your, your set of vehicles that you know you can recondition and move with speed in your local market and speed to getting whatever vehicles you purchase. Um, I saw either, you know, central dispatch, ACV load board, there's plenty of really excellent dispatch services, but you've got to get that car on your lot, in your shop, have the right part for whatever your Camry it is, and then get it back out on the lot. And navigating each one of those steps, you, over the last two years, an extra week, your car went up a grand. And you were happy that you couldn't get that muffler in because now when you fixed it and repainted it, you your asset also appreciated, especially in this season as we head towards Labor Day and people are really trying to gear up and focus on like, okay, the, the latter half of the year, I think that speed to delivery um, is going to be absolutely critical for independent partners. Yeah. Circling back to how we started, the fact that we've returned to depreciation means that time is money, baby, uh, whether that's transportation or, you know, turning around the recon or managing your, you know, your days to turn, um, it, it all uh, compounds <laughs> and, and, and uh, the depreciation really amplifies that for, for dealers. That's why we love to talk about the melting block of ice with our recon partners. So excellent segue. Thank you for that. 
Um, we have, we can go into retail. We could go into repo. We didn't talk about rental. Or should we go next, gentlemen? The re re rental industry, it's always been a big source of inventory for for dealers. And last last two to almost two and a half years now, uh, the 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 cards revert the, the 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 whole picture reversed the last quarter the last quarter of last year when the rental companies went went to the wholesale market to acquire inventory all of those uh, compact cars compact uh cvs so the smallest segment w went up in price much faster than the the, seg the, the market uh, the demand for travel demand for rental cars is, is high but rental fee companies just not getting enough inventory uh, from OEMs. There's just not enough cars to go around. So there, uh, a lot of rental companies have to turn away the consumers. They, they're actually, we've seen a large, large increase in remarketing by them. They're remarketing older vehicles, vehicles with higher mileage. They, they don't want to have that bad experience for their consumer. So they would rather turn away the consumer than uh, have a, a vehicle with 70, 80,000 miles on, on their lots. And it seems that the inventory issue is not going to be solved anytime soon for rental companies. So they're still going to be operating a very lean fleet. Uh, they will be prioritizing certain uh, parts of the business, certain locations, uh, may, maybe some specializations. Uh, but that means we're not going to see a lot of those newer used vehicles on the market, cre creating that, that demand. So there's low, low, low volume of new vehicles and those newer used vehicles, the replacement vehicles are, are also not, not there on the market for consumers to buy. So it's, it, it's an interesting market for those zero to two, zero to three year old vehicles. Um, and it's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, and it's it's um, it's crucially different. If you look through the lens of model years for vehicles and the and the trends that we see in pricing, there's a stark difference between a three-year-old vehicle, which the rental car companies are interested in, and oh, by the way, other commercial fleet companies, um, and a four-year-old vehicle. Uh, the four-year-old has been pretty remarkably consistent all year long, and especially like on the retail price side, the depreciation is as close to normal. Uh, kind of as as you could have hoped for coming into this uh, crazy year, but the three year old is on a roller coaster um, because it's reflecting the ebb and flow of when those rental car companies come uh, in and out of the market. But it's also reflective of well, the the three this year is a 2019, which was one of the lowest production years of the five years leading uh, before the pandemic, and now we've got this big cliff uh, of next year. Those three year olds are going to be rarer and and rarer um so i think if if you're a dealer and you want to avoid the uh the crazy dynamics in the marketplace stay away from the two three-year-olds basically stay away from the zero to threes until we get to like 2026 uh then then you can start uh going back to those younger vehicles because you've got that added variable that you can't predict um uh, what exactly uh, their demand is going to be in the rental market and what um, they're going to be able to get from the OEMs. And until that becomes more predictable, I think you've got, that's where we have the bigger challenges to predict exactly what's going to happen with uh, 
depreciation. It's interesting that I think you're right on point, Jonathan, with those those three, four-year vehicles. The one-year vehicle, the one-year-old vehicle right now is basically gold. And oh, I, yeah. it's, it's fascinating seeing the, you know, Rivian and a couple other newer EVs, just the level of engagement we're seeing on our platform for those kinds of vehicles. If you've got, you know, 2021, 2022, car going into the wholesale market and you've got the right audience, everybody's excited to have that car. Actually, I think, rentals. I, I think what we set, see sold at wholesale for zero and one-year-old vehicles is actually a much truer reflection of what the real, what a, what a real buyer is paying uh, for, for a new vehicle, uh, you know, all in, because you can't get all of the kind of additional things in the average transaction prices uh, that, that we're actually measuring. And you're absolutely right. It's, it's bonkers to look at the zero and one-year-old. <laughs> Alex, is that why you exclude them from your index? <laughs> well, we, we have an index for zero to one, zero to two-year-old vehicles, uh, specifically for rental companies. The, our main index was geared toward uh, lenders, which look at older vehicles and and right now, yeah, the the zero to one uh, market is just well. Number one, volume is much lower than than in pre pre pandemic levels. So and the prices are more volatile. And uh, when when rental companies went to the market in Q4 of last year, prices went up substantially, and then they they pulled back at the beginning of the year. And a lot of those rental companies thought they're going to start getting the, enough inventory from OEM. So that's one of the reasons they pull, pulled back. And then that didn't happen. So they tried to go back to the market in the spring, but the inventory was not there. On one way, it's a challenging time for, for, for the rental companies. They, they have the demand. They just need vehicles to satisfy that demand. Uh, so they're... They, it, when talking to those companies, it, it's an interesting problem to have. Um, yeah. Well, there's some common traits here. Everybody's got limited capacity, and that generally produces strong pricing power, but it creates all kinds of management issues. And so in many places, rental companies have price controls. They can't really increase prices substantially. So they 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 have they have certain ceilings. So they, they, they're operating under... A little bit, I guess, different set of rules. Okay, repo and EV. Where should we go next? I mean, the repo volumes for, for many reasons were were almost non-existent in 2020. Uh, there, there were moratoriums through 2020 and 21. A lot of lenders. We're working with consumers to to make sure they the consumers that had issues they would stay in the car. It was I think cheaper for lenders. Uh, it was obviously much better for consumers. So all of the uh, metrics that we look, all of the delinquencies, all, all of those metrics from various various uh, uh, banks and the rating agencies were historic lows. Uh, since probably end of last year, the Every metric is is go, is going up. So so the vo the volume of uh, delinquencies uh, is 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 going up, especially on the 
subprime side, but we also heard from uh, captives. I think Ford, Ford announced uh, a few months ago that they've seen increases in delinquencies in, in, in their portfolio. So the, the volume is going up. We still not, I mean, we're still below any pre-COVID levels, but just like with other things we talked about, it, it looks like we hit the bottom um, in, in terms of the volume. The volume is increasing. Uh, and uh, with all of the, the prices through the roof in the last few years, the, the expectation is that delinquency in their possession will continue to increase. The affordability factor uh, is, is, is returning to the market, but uh, we, we had a lot of loans uh, in the last two years where, where vehicles were at the very high, uh, prices were at very high levels. So there, is, there, is, there is a risk in the industry. It, it's, it, de it depends how uh, the, the lender community is gonna, is gonna handle all of that. But the volume, data we've seen, the volume is going up um, through, through through the auctions and some other channels. Yeah, we're seeing the volumes increase uh, as a percentage of like the loan base. So calculating like a repo rate, we're we're looking at a repo rate that's just going to be barely higher than the all-time low that was probably recorded. I've got 20 years of data, but I'm guessing last year was an all-time uh, low on a repossession rate. And there's reasons to believe that that rate won't even get back to 2019 levels for the foreseeable future. Uh, one, the loan base is decidedly higher quality and repossessions are absolutely correlated with subprime and deep subprime. So if you've got fewer subprime and deep subprime, then you're gonna have uh, fewer of them. Uh, and then it's also related to the vehicle value. When vehicle values are higher, and you are more likely to have more equity in, in uh, your vehicle loan, uh, which is true for probably everyone who bought before the middle of last year. Uh, that basically means you have more options. You can sell that vehicle if you're getting into difficulty. Uh, you can get the lender to work with you and, and uh, come up with an alternate payment plan and that sort of thing. Um, so that results in fewer repossessions when there even is a, a default. Um, so I think, I think we're likely to see a movement, a slow and gradual movement, like we're talking about in supply levels and other things towards normalcy. Um, but I don't think we're remotely close to any sort of uh, uh, kind of credit crunch uh, being driven by uh, huge volumes of, of subprime loans because there's positive equity in, in uh, most of the loans that are out there uh, rather than a, a huge amount of negative equity. Um, and then the you know second part is we just don't have the same number of risky loans that we typically do uh, that lead to those defaults and and that's where um, essentially the kind of math comes from on the on the future volumes um, but we will be seeing increases and by the way I'm hearing on the uh, that that part of the market is also dealing with all kinds of issues from uh, the how the kind of floor fell out on the repo business you've basically lost companies uh, that specialized in repossessions and uh, recoveries and the like. And so as repos start to matriculate, lenders actually may have more problems getting repossessions done. And so we may not even see them come through on the, in, in the normal speed historically related to defaults uh, that have happened before. 
I was reading that too, that the lenders are in for a bit of a surprise. Um, and on that, yeah, go ahead, please. Well, that's precisely that. It's yet another factor that makes them more willing uh, to, to maybe find alternatives with that consumer because uh, recovering that vehicle actually may be more difficult, more expensive. Yeah, for many lenders, it's, it's cheaper to work with the consumer and, and create alternative to, to repossessions. I think one of the pressures we're seeing right now, and I'm going to say the deflationary term again, but last year, if you weren't going out and repossessing a vehicle, you had a bunch more options while your vehicle either held flat or even potentially appreciated in the market. And that even held true through the beginning of this year uh, in various segments. And now you're looking at, okay, I'm not getting a monthly payment and the asset is depreciating actively. Yes, we wanna find the best possible way to close it out, but I'm still down on inventory. I don't see those supply pressures changing over the next six months. So I'm running out of options. And I think that's a huge part of the tailwind for why we're seeing an increase in repossessions right now. Uh, I wanted to ask about subprime shoppers and really no recession? Well, I'm very confident we're not going to have one in 2022. The further you make me look out into next year, the more uh, I get uh, concerned. Um, you know, the point forecast that I've been sharing with folks over the last uh, couple of weeks is that we're roughly at a 45% probability, I think, for a recession to occur uh, in the next 18 months. So that's through the uh, end of next year. And um, I don't know about you, but 45% chance of rain means that I, I make sure I have an umbrella uh, with me. And so that means you need to be taking into account that it's possible that things could uh, turn for the worse and we could be seeing a recession happen. I think the kind of recession we're looking at right now is one caused by the Fed. A good old-fashioned interest rates went too high, too fast, uh, you know, monetary recession. Um, we, we continue to see, like I mentioned earlier, you know, low unemployment, uh, strong labor market. Most consumers uh, outside of the ones that we were talking about earlier having pressure most households actually have uh, substantial accrued savings and are in really good shape. Um, so the kind of recession we're gonna see is going to be relatively mild, certainly nothing like uh, what we had uh, you know, in, in uh, 2020 or with the great recession uh, in terms of job losses. Um, and that means some places in the country may not feel it at all. Um, uh, it's probably going to be more localized in, in terms of the uh, pressure that we feel. But I think it's a real, I think it's a real risk that uh, we all need to be conscious of uh, exactly what's going to take place. We've never had a recession uh, with no vehicle supply. We've never had a recession uh, uh, to know what when we've had low vehicle supply, what's going to happen with vehicle values. Usually a big decline in used vehicle values uh, is coincident with a recession uh, beginning uh, or even sometimes leading a recession. And I'm not so certain um, that's going to be as clear a signal because of all the supply issues that, that we've talked about earlier. Yeah, I think, you know, Jonathan is right on the money that, you know, I, I'm not going to take a position on this call either way, but I will say um, 
the supply pressures and constraints through this year and into next year um, puts the automotive market in a good position for whatever comes. Um, that you've got pent up demand, maybe it's not being executed this year. You've got a tremendous amount of supply that um, has multiple avenues to go to. Um, and so when I look at next year for the automotive industry, I feel tremendously optimistic. Um, and I'll, I'll pass it to Alex. I'm not going to take a position uh, beyond that. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the same position as Jonathan. So it, it's close to 50-50. But if, even if we are going to have a recession next year, it's probably going to be mild by, by, by every estimate I, I heard. And in a tip, tip, typically with the recession, you have, you have job losses preceding recession and obviously we're not seeing it right now so it, it, it's not something immediate but also the automotive industry is very in a very different place where compared to in 2008-2009 uh, one of the challenges in 2008-2009 that auto, automakers kept making cars the demand evaporated almost overnight but they kept making the uh, new vehicles uh, they couldn't stop for various, for technical reason, for legal, for a lot of reason, they couldn't stop. Industry is very different right now. We 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 saw this the last two years. OEMs can adjust the production very quickly. Right now, they're forced to do it. But if there is a drop in, in new demand, OEMs can scale back the production. That means the incentives are not going to be through the roof. So so there are there are more options for OEMs and and other players how to deal with the recession. So we're not going to, we're not going to see, for example, oversupply of vehicles uh, uh, during the recession. So uh, as Jonathan mentioned, we're going to, if we'll have a recession, we're going to have low inventory for, for used vehicles, but we can also have low inventory for new vehicles and lower incentives. It's going to be very new type of environment. I don't think we've seen it before, um, but I think industry has, a lot of levers it can, it can pull to to get through it. I wanted to um, I played some audio here, and I wanted to share just the uh, again the the main thumbnail of this uh, of this show because I had I had a question I wanted to ask you all, and if we look at uh, this show, Auto Market Economics Q3 2022. I, and I asked you, what does this green line signify, if one could speculate live? Yep. And I voted for the Mannheim Index coming into the beginning of this year. I, I also voted for the Mannheim Index going to the end of Q1 in 2022. Yeah, it, it seems like yeah, price index for, whole, for wholesale market, and it's it's not showing the the twenty twenty two, which which con continues with a roller coaster. So inadvertently, and I didn't mean to, but I kind of set up a, an interesting trivia question for you all. I don't have the answer, um, <laughs> and I honestly don't. I know that's it's crazy, but but here's. Right, so it makes it unfair, but I'll be more prepared. I'll be better prepared next time um, because we had you on six months ago, and the data science delta team, as I'm as I'm naming this 
hopefully that works. But for the layperson, what does that mean? What 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 do you think in a nutshell? What 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 advice can you offer based on that graph and and something going through your mind? You know, we talked about pricing, supply, rental. What, uh, yeah, two, help us out. Things. And I think we've all said it repeatedly. We've gone through a very unprecedented time, um, but it's been changing, and we've gone through phases. And what is missing from the graph? as Alex pointed out, is is you're missing the downward part of the roller coaster that's begun in, in uh, 2022. Um, so you can't rest on your laurels. There's nothing about tomorrow that looks remotely similar to yesterday or last year uh, or, or a couple of years ago. Um, and I guess the good news is this always creates opportunity for, the, for folks who are willing to uh, think through uh, and and know how to adjust uh, to the marketplace. Uh, the bad news is for those who want to have the same old thing happening, <laughs> it's not going to be happening probably at least through 2026 uh, when we look at the forecast for things. You know, my wow. my recommendation as I think through this is uh, when you see that degree of variability it, over multiple years, multiple months, um, the best time to act is with is right now with the best information you can get. And so, um, honestly, you you've got to watch the market every day. You can't price a vehicle based on what it was two three weeks ago. Um, you know, people were people knew that over the last two years and uh, were happy when they repriced it and it went up. But I think right now you're in a period of high volatility. Um, but when you see something that went up that much into 2022, um, it may not go up as much. I'll say it that way. I mean, it, what what goes up at some level is going to come down and up and down um, through various seasonality. And so uh, the best information you can get for the price of a vehicle today and what the condition is so that you can specialize and, and really make sure you are lined up to move quickly from wholesale to retail um, with the right vehicle at the right time. Just like with, I think everything in our life, around our lives, automotive industry is moving much faster right now. It, it's it's hard it's hard to go on vacation and come back and expect to have the same thing. Uh, when Black Book was publishing books uh, 30 years ago, started it's it's a monthly book. Then uh, probably 15 years we went to weekly. It, it's Daily numbers is uh, during the day numbers are changing. Uh, we're still publishing numbers daily and changing them daily when market moves. But industry is moving much faster, uh, and staying on, on top of the market uh, is extremely important. We, we when we see a change in prices by one percent in a week, that, that that's a big swing. And we've seen weeks uh, with even higher changes depending on the segment, uh, both both ways, uh, up up and down. So it and it's gonna and it's gonna continue. We still have a lot of unknowns and uncertainty in the market. Uh, so you, you just have to be prepared and just Johnson act on the best information you have. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time tonight. That was really uh, thorough, fascinating, 
It was predictive, helpful. Is there anything to find, any any last final thoughts to leave us with? I mean, I think you said it, but... We didn't talk about electric vehicles, so that gives us something to to plan on. All right. I mean, everyone's talking about... It it, it seems to be there is this need for more, better information about the batteries. We don't have the data right now. Any, do we have data? I mean, it's it's in the early stages. I mean, right. it, we don't have enough experience with the actual technology lasting long enough to, to have those proven records. So it's all it's all brave new world. We, we don't have enough history, but on top of it, technology is changing fast. So the second we get enough history, technology already moved, moved on. So we, uh, and I think a lot of, companies a lot of people are working on 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 this on this issue and at some point we'll we'll arrive at the solution but right now it's wild west for 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 the battery health for for just evaluating uh evs but even even software or options associated with software everything about new vehicles will require a lot of uh a lot of work by different players how, how do to get that confidence, what dealers and consumer need, like they need confidence. They need, they need somebody to tell them, yes, this this is a good battery. No, it, it it's not a good battery, so you pay less. Or this vehicle has this option. Uh, when you have a sunroof, it's easy. But if you have some kind of a package that uh, who knows whether the vehicle has it or not, you need you need some confidence from uh, from from. from from respectful sources, and then people will be willing to pay, and I think that confidence will increase value of a lot of a lot of these options uh, and value of electric vehicle. Uh, we've seen we've, so some of our partners did a research uh, with consumers, and consumers were willing to pay more for the electric vehicles if they knew the battery had. 70 75 degradation versus if they knew nothing about the battery consumers want consumers want uh confidence in what what they buy so i'm excited for our next call um i i would say you know a lot of our oems are making big bets on evs have made big bets i think uh we're just seeing the beginnings of how that reshapes the wholesale market uh this year um, and when we get together, you know, late this year, early next year, I think we'll see a much better picture for new, you know, those one to three year, one to two year uh, gold plated uh, vehicles um, on the EV side coming into the market. But I think we're also going to be having a conversation about a th- three parts of a vehicle, the, the body, the SaaS products and a battery. What, what is the consumer buying? What's being wholesaled? What's being inspected? Um, how do those transfer? And I think that's going to be an exciting uh, new set of data challenges uh, that we'll get to tackle on this call in the future. So excited for uh, for the next call. Thanks for hosting, Jay. Wow. Great. No, I look forward to it. Maybe March 2023, something like that. But I like that. Great way to end it. Body, SAS, and BAT. Fantastic. Gentlemen, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. I know the uh, the live chat was engaged and interested, so thank you so much for taking the time to join us tonight. Jonathan Smoke, Cox Automotive, Alex Yurchenko, Black Book, John Cole's ACV Auctions. 
please let me know if there's anything I can do to help in the meantime, if there's any other further information I can share. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Good night, gentlemen. Thank you very much. I'll just end the meeting right here. We'll be in touch. And there it is. Click. I just, I just ended the meeting. Wow. I just ended a meeting with Jonathan Smoke, Alex Yurchenko, and John Coles, and I'm so grateful. Wow, that was over an hour of time, um, a lot of information. I'm so glad that you were able to join us live and participate within that. Um, of course, just ending the show here, I want to uh, I want to say we don't have – I'm still traveling, finishing that up. Um, so – no show tomorrow, no show Thursday. Going to be live Friday with Ty, Cars on the Move, pre-owned auto logistics. We're going to be live in their dispatch office. That's going to be really interesting. And then we're also going to have them back on next Tuesday night um, for a, more of an overview and a look at some of their um, the benefits and the team. And that's one of the one of the one of the things we do on ATI is not only do we dive into information. Uh, about a company, about services, about products, but we also get to know the people. And so if you want to um, help share the information about you and your team, let us know on ATI how we can help. I want to thank Murphy Auto Transport Services, Location Services, Superflow Systems, Rapid Recon, and also Pre-Owned Auto Logistics. Also in the live chat, thank you all so much tonight for spraying champagne in the super chat. Mark Rodeke, Superflow Systems, Paul Machine of Black Book, thank you so much. And also um, Rachel with a question uh, directly for the panel. So thanks for doing that. If you have anything, if you missed the show and you're watching on demand, put it in the comments below. Send me an email, autotransportintel at gmail.com. I want to thank everybody that participated in the live chat. Really, again, thank you so much. Because at, without you, we are not really breaking out of the verticals. Thank you, John. Thank you, Ty. David said hello. Paul, Mark. Really do appreciate it. Um, please do join us. Let us know how we can help. What trade show are you going to next? We're always looking ahead to the next show. And so give us ideas. Let us know if you have any questions and if you want to participate. What segment, what video do you want to put together? What panel discussion? Oh, my gosh, I could go on and on. We are beyond time. It's been a two-hour show. So thank you so much. Really do appreciate it. I'm Jay. I'm your host. This is ATI Auto Business, an automotive business channel hosting the modern transportation conversation. You all have a good night. Thank you so much. And we'll see you soon. Peace out, everybody.